TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa dematis Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of The Connection. I am one of your hosts this morning, Ann Baldwin. It's great to be with you. And Lisa dematis Lapore. It's great to be with Ann and our listeners. That's right. And we've got a great guest on today. I'm excited. It's another three CEO day. In the house. In the house, because Lisa is the president and CEO of The Connection. Right. I'm the president and CEO of Baldwin Media Marketing, and we've got Jennifer Kolakowski here, who's the CEO of the Recovery Network of Programs, and Kola Kolakowski Correct. is your last name, and I said Yakshamash, <laughs> yes. and you just looked at me blankly. Correct. Okay. What does it mean in Polish? How are you? Oh. oh. See, but you have a Polish last name, mm-hmm. but you don't speak it. I don't. Where'd you get the <clears throat> Polish last name? My husband. He's Polish. He is Polish. His family's Polish. On one side, French and Polish. Oh, that's great. So my fiance, Bill Kachachik, is also Polish. Mm -hmm. And um, that is why I am not going to marry Bill Kachachik because I don't want to be Ann Kachachik. But you just hyphenate your name. No, I'm not doing that. Or just just do Baldwin. Uh, yeah, I'll never change. I want, I've always, this is really sad, but I said I want Baldwin on my tombstone. Oh, Okay. That's all okay. I, that's all I ever want. Been married once, didn't, didn't, I did legally change to his name, which was Italian. And now I've got Polish. But anyway, it's all another long story. So here we are. Okay. And I found out that we, I have something else in common, Jennifer and I, in that, um, well, I'll tell you my story first, and then Jennifer can say if she agrees or not. So I could never make cheerleader. I'm surprised. I tell you, it's, it's traumatic. Like I would try out, I would try out, and then what would happen is you try out, and the next morning, you'd always wear your cute pajamas to bed because if you won, they took you out of bed and took you to breakfast. The people that won Seriously? got on the cheerleading. I didn't crowd. know this. Yeah, that's how it worked in Colorado. Okay. So I'd go to bed in my cute pajamas, and then I'd wake up, and uh, nobody came to get me for breakfast, so I didn't make cheerleading. Isn't that sad? That is sad. It was yes. so sad. Yeah. So then I tried out for flags, okay? Mm-hmm. Which was, at least you got to wear the uniform on game days. That's all I really cared about because they were really cute. Okay. But you were not cool because you like hung out with the band kids. And you were a rifle. 
Correct. So yes. one of those people that takes those wooden-looking rifles and twirls those around. Twirls them, tosses them. Yeah. Sometimes catches them. Why did them. you try out for that? Um, I actually originally was, uh, I played the clarinet, and then I switched over to color guard, which, and then I went into rifles. So you were one of the band geeks. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Not a great way to start off the interview, but come on, let's just be honest here, shall we? I think that's so funny. Oh my God. It's so funny how things, you know, in our growing up in our era, how certain things had certain stigmas, but um, this is a good friend of yours. You're both in a professional women's group together. We are. Lisa, so I'll let you do the honors of talking about the serious portion of this program. So I was um, blessed to um, meet my peer, uh, Jennifer, here through a CEO uh, forum that we attend, attend on a monthly basis held by um, TLS um, and our lovely friend Alicia Davis. Um, is one of the co-founders and um, so through that we um, developed a really strong bond and we've worked together to problem solve right together on issues and we call each other which is great so we have a great network but what's really impressive is Jennifer is the CEO of um, RNP Incorporated they primarily have programs in Bridgeport and Stratford and they also have programs in Norwalk and um, this organization has been around for 46 years and what I thought we'd do today is to have Jennifer talk about the amazing work that um, she and her agency is doing to impact the citizens of Connecticut so welcome thank you so much I'm so glad to be here um, so yes so RNP has been serving the greater Bridgeport community for 46 years um, and it's really fascinating and incredible because RNP began with one program in downtown Bridgeport one small little outpatient program uh, today we have over 20 programs we serve over 4,000 individuals on an annual basis um, and one of the very incredible unique pieces or um, parts of RNP is that we have a real full continuum of care that we offer th- to those we serve um, and so what that looks like in terms of the services that we have we have uh, residential treatment um, for individuals who have both mental health and substance use disorders we have house a uh, very significant housing program which includes emergency transitional scatter site permanent housing Uh, we also have a medically monitored detox and then we also have two relatively large medication assisted treatment programs that have incredible comprehensive care in addition to providing medication to individuals with opiate use disorder that's very impressive that is you know and one of those programs caught my attention more than some of the others and that is the medically assisted detox can I tell you as someone who's been in recovery now for 10 years I don't think I could have fought the battle with alcohol without that and that was one of my biggest barriers um, from getting help is because I didn't know where to go and not everybody offers that Mm -hmm. I mean you get a DUI you get thrown in jail you don't have any medically assisted detox and detoxification especially from alcohol is it not one of the most deadly and hardest things to get over yeah absolutely so to be able to have that opportunity for people really can help individuals lead to the road to recovery and so it's so great to hear that you have that program and what are the substances that you can medically detox people from individuals who alcohol Mm -hmm. um heroin opiates as well as benzodiazepines and it's the program is called first step um and often is 
very much so a first step into mm -hmm. our continuum of care. And one of the things that is, um, again, quite unique and um, wonderful about First Step is that they have an incredibly high connect to care. So as you can imagine, this is an individual's first step into recovery. So we need to make sure that they get uh, linked to additional care and support as they move on. Right. Because as you That's know, fantastic. at the connection, Lisa, if you, you can start from square one, but if you don't know how to get to or where to go for square two, it's all for nothing. Yeah. I think the fact that you have a continuum like this mm -hmm. is so huge. Back in the 80s, I, I worked for an, an organization that unfortunately closed, um, but we had um, the medically detox uh, program, uh, program, and then folks could then transition to other programs that this organization had. And I always felt that it's such a key, because it is, it's sort of like entry, you come in, and then you're able to be you know, transition, a warm handoff, right, to the level of care that you need. And I think that's really crucial because I think a lot of clients get lost after that, right? Because that you have them right then and then to move them immediately after they've built a relationship with you, right, and right. your staff to be able to then transition, to transition them is so key um, because the continuum of care is really, I think, what's so great. And one of the things that I was so impressed by with your agency is because you do that. And I know how compassionate Jennifer is. And I, I always, I, the way that I always read an agency is by its leader. And I think that's huge, mm -hmm. right? It's like anything that we do. And because of, uh, I know how committed you are and how dedicated you are to your staff and how you care um, about everyone in your agency is why, and you have a great reputation, but it really starts with you. And I know that, you know, you like, you know, like myself came in and made many changes to your organization, right? It's an, ev it's, it's, it's a, it's an ever, ever changing um, environment and it's good. And um, so talk to us about, so thank you for the work you do, but talk to us about your supportive housing and the housing programs that you run also. Sure. Thank you so much. So one of the key pieces, again, about the work that we do within RNP is to make sure that we can provide different levels of care. And mm -hmm. so that when an individual is struggling with different, um, you know, issues, including substance use disorders, mental health disorders, that they also have housing um, and supportive services that wrap around those housing to make sure that they, if they lose housing, they're not losing or their, you know, their symptomology related to their addiction or their mental health disorder doesn't mean that they necessarily lose their housing. And so because we know the individuals that we're working with and some of the challenges that they face, we can make sure that they stay housed and get what they need. So, um, so we have an emergency shelter. We have transitional housing, which is limited in, its, uh, in terms of time. So individuals have about up to 18 months to, um, they initially start in the emergency shelter and they'll move to transitional housing. So fantastic. Uh, and we have wraparound case management services on they're, of course, eligible for all of the services that we provide within RNP. And then we have a scatter site program for individuals who are homeless initially and living with HIV and AIDS, a HAPWA-supported program. How tough is it? And you know what? We talk a lot about, you know, I come from a different perspective and a totally different business, but I know how tough it's gotten for nonprofits in our state um, to be able to, you know, maintain and be sustainable um, you've got all these proven results. You're helping all these people. How tough is it to be able to continue to do what you do, given the, the climate, the economical climate that we're in here in Connecticut? It's extremely difficult. Um, and it, 
it more and more so as we the individuals that we are serving and treating their issues and their lives are more and more complex so an individual who will come into our shelter is rarely just homeless there's so many other issues that they are struggling with and challenged by so um, it is very very challenging in terms of being able to you know when you receive level funding and costs go up and the complexity of the individual is you know really significant um, it's, it's a very difficult thing to do in terms of making sure that especially for organizations like the connection um, RNP and others that you know place quality care and integrity above all else for their clients and to make yes. sure that you're able to do that with limited funds and level funding it, it becomes very very challenging that but here so you are hard. you know you've got a jail diversion program which is your treatment pathway program what people don't realize is you you can save taxpayers money you can make communities better if these programs that are working with proven results are supported so talk a little bit about that, your jail diversion program. I didn't know the jail was an option, but I guess it might be sometimes. Yep. So, well, TPP is an innovative program that we work with um, CSSD with. Um, we initially got a small foundation grant to get this um, program CSSD, up and CSSD, which I'm is sorry. a Connecticut... Community Support Services Division. Okay. Um, and so what we have, we have a licensed clinical social worker that goes into um, essentially, you know, lockup. She gets her referrals from probation. So individuals who have been arrested, who have an addiction disorder and or maybe perhaps also a mental health disorder, um, they are assessed within, you know, initially in lockup to see if they would be appropriate for treatment as opposed to incarceration. And so our social worker will then make a recommendation to the judge that she believes um, the individual will do well in treatment and they will be diverted with, you know, the judge's approval will be diverted from incarceration and into treatment. TPP has incredible outcomes and has been re recognized both on a state level and nationally for its incredible outcomes and speaks to, Anne, again, like what you're saying in terms of how much savings because we're taking people, um, keeping them out of jail, which mm -hmm. is, of course, very, very ex expensive, and they're being treated more appropriately. Um, and then the the one of the... Um, hallmarks of this program is that it's same day treatment so when the judge says yes they come into our care and our custody and then they're provided same day treatment and care so that they don't fall that's right out of you know it's a warm handle yep absolutely right so it's continued care just when the person needs it and they're moved through the system as they should to get the help they need and not be in in jail for things like addiction correct right and that's that's wonderful if you're just tuning in we're speaking with jennifer kolakowski and she is the ceo of the recovery network of programs or rnp inc now you're down in the bridgeport area you're down in the new london area talk a little bit about why are your services you know concentrated in that area of the state well, honestly, I mean, by way of history, it's where the agency first had its original roots and where we were first, you know, began providing programs and treatment. Um, since that time, we've just grown to meet the community's needs, quite frankly. Um, so we've just grown in Bridgeport and then we expanded into Stratford and then most recently um, received federal funding through SAMHSA, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, to um, run a program that specializes in opiate addiction, which brought us into the Norwalk area as well because That's it's right. mobile services and outreach services. So talk to us about that opi the opioid problem, which we talk about a lot, and what kind of numbers, stunning numbers that you're seeing and exactly what, what you're doing to help folks. 
We have, and we've, RNP has a long history of working with individuals with opiate use disorder. So we have two relatively large medication-assisted treatment programs, which is the gold standard best practice of uh, treatment for individuals who have an opiate use disorder. Um, I think many times there's a lot of mis understanding and misperception related to medication-assisted treatment programs, but our MAP programs in Stratford and Bridgeport um, have comprehensive care. So in addition to extensive um, the medication-assisted treatment, we have individual, family, and group care treatment that's happening on a daily basis. We have a doctor uh, six days a week in our programs, and we now most recently added primary care, which is Fantastic. wonderful mm. um, for the individuals we're serving. That's fantastic. That's so great. And the numbers are growing. Yes. Right? Yeah. Wow. How many clients can you serve at one time? Um, between both clinics, we have about 1,200 individuals. Wow. Um, and we don't, at RNP, uh, put a cap on the, right. the capacity. Right. We'll grow the program That's to fantastic. meet the needs of the that exist. That's good that there's no topping off on that. And you right. don't do this alone, right? You recently um, formulated a partnership with the um, City of Bridgeport Office of Emergency Management and Public Health because you can't do this all alone. You need everybody's support. You need to know that each other is there, what what you should be handling, what they should be handling. It really is a collaborative effort. Absolutely. And that's that's one of our newest programs and initiatives, which is so exciting because that allows us the opportunity to work directly with the Office of Emergency Management Management and Public Health, who are the first responders. So OEM in Bridgeport takes the 911 call. So any call that is related to an overdose, we then have a clinician that can be notified in real time to go out. And, you know, and again, like that's the key to it, right, to be able to that's provide right. the services when somebody is in need and or asking for it. So that's a brand new program that's jointly funded on their end from the city of Bridgeport and on our end through the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. So that's a really exciting new initiative. You know what I love about this is that you're meeting people while they're in this crisis. Because I know as someone who's been in crisis, I didn't know who to reach out to. I didn't know where to go. Had somebody come to me earlier on, my outcomes might have been totally different. I might have gotten sober earlier, sooner. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But if I just, I just think about that. In some of the situations I was in, if someone would have come to me and told me, okay, we're going to start here and then we're going to go here and here and here, that's just fantastic. And I, I, I just applaud you for that. Thank There's so you many very people that much, need it. Anne. And I think that is, that is one of our greatest you know, philosophical beliefs is to meet people where they're at to provide treatment upon demand when they need it. Exactly. Um, the other thing that we do is that we have, you know, a pretty extensive, robust team of recovery coaches and recovery support specialists. So those are individuals with lived experience that can help connect to people in a different way than a clinician can, a doctor can. Or So they also are so critical and instrumental in helping an individual find their way because it is so complicated and overwhelming, especially when you're struggling with so many different issues you yeah. know all at once and a peer mentor can really speak the same language and relate to those in need in, in such a very different way and I and they are a they're just 
they're really in it for the right reason because they understand where that person has been and they're just living proof that it does work. I think there's definitely less intimidation there. It's a different type of relationship that happens between the person in need and, and the peer specialist. And then that peer specialist is able to also give back, right? Because they've sort of walked that path and to lead them down a, a road of um, solid recovery. And I think that, again, the fact that you're doing that is crucial. I know that there's a lot of peer supports now that are in emergency rooms. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, recently saw that. I was at the ER and I saw that and I was really impressed by how that interaction was very different than someone else, you know, that was there trying to talk to the person in need who had an o- opioid addiction. So that's really fantastic. I'm also really moved by the fact that you have um, your case management program for the shelter for HIV and AIDS. So can you talk about that? Sure. So um, we started that a number of years ago. And again, because RNP, I believe, has done such a great job of making sure we tailor the services to the individual and not make the individual tailor themselves to our care. And so um, we had a growing, at the time, it, this was years ago, but we had a growing number of individuals who were coming into the shelter that were HIV positive. And so we developed a case management program to meet the specific needs um, of those individuals because they had many unique needs that were different from an individual who was coming in that had just, and I don't mean that, you know, in a direct, right, but just right. a substance use disorder. They also had many medical issues that had not been taken care of. And so, um, we developed a, a program right around that, you know, to make sure that we were meeting their needs. Do your does all of you do all of your programs treat um, men and women, or some of them? Yes, you do. So it's co-ed. All of our programs treat men and yeah. women. We have one program, um, an amazing program called the Tina Clem Serenity House, which treats women who have a history of, they have a mental health and a substance use disorder, but also have a history of trauma. Um, that's the only program where it's, it's just solely women. All of our other programs do serve both men and women, but our treatment in our curriculum is gender specific for those individuals based on gender. Again, with some caveats that not all women recover in the same manner and not all men recover in the same manner. And Tell us about um, who the program was named after. Tina Clem. Um, Tina Clem was my uh, predecessor as the chief clinical officer at RNP. Um, she was an amazing social worker and woman uh, and mother, and she lost her life very early and young. And we named the program after her. She started her career in women, w- working with women. And so um, she was with us for a short period of time at RNP, but had such a profound, incredible impact on the entire agency. So we named this program after her. So I knew who she was, and um, my husband worked with her husband, Larry. Larry. And I know the boys, and so I'm just finding out right now that you and I have this connection that I never knew of. I'm so glad we, we that you said that, and it's so great to honor her. And There are just signs of, you know, you two met through a professional organization. You're both really in the same industry, if you will, helping people and and giving back. And now you find out that you have this other amazing connection. This isn't, this doesn't happen by accident, right? And again, the name of the program is the Recovery Network of Programs, RNP. And if people want more information, especially in the area that you serve, where can they go to get that? recovery-programs.org. We also have just recently relaunched a social media um, presence, and so we're on Instagram as well as Facebook. 
That's great. And and I say that because it's the families of the people who are hurting that are oftentimes looking for the resources. You know, my poor family was all over the place on the internet looking for this, looking for that. So if you write that down, if you jot that down, you might not need it today. You might not need it tomorrow. You might not need the connection support today or tomorrow, but you just never know because life happens. So if you know what those resources are, and I'm sure that you like what you heard here today, you know, keep it in your back pocket or pass it along to somebody that you know that's suffering that needs the, the services that are offered. I think that's, what, that's a responsibility and something we can all do to help. And I, do, I feel that it's, as a CEO um, of The Connection, I feel um, the importance of having other, other of my peers on the show mm-hmm. because we cannot do it alone, our agency. We don't want to do it alone. Everyone that's running nonprofits in Connecticut are crucial and the services that you provide are so unique and um, you have so much integrity that it's such an honor to be able to have you have you on the show today to talk about all the great work that you and your staff are doing. And I really encourage folks out there to please go on um, the website and look at the services and reach out if you know of someone that needs some of the services that Jennifer talked about today um, or shoot us off an email and we will um, get you to the services that you so deserve. Okay, and again, the website is recovery-programs.org. And I love that too about all of you folks, is that you're not territorial. If you don't service one person, then another one kicks in. I mean, we all have to work together. Absolutely. So I'm going to let you two kind of reconnect here because you just found out some amazing stuff. But (laughs) this was a great show. I want to thank you for coming into the studio and sharing with our listeners so many about so many of the great programs that you're doing um, you. at your thank organization. Thank you so much for thank having you me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Which is RNP. And we thank you, our listeners, for getting up with us on this Sunday morning and tuning in to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports clock at four Donchich. the step back three you bet. music you set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on tune in go to tune in.com or download the tune in app to start listening